The Buffalo Bills survived the Miami Dolphins in the wild card round by a score of 34 to 31. You are now listening to the Watering Buffalo podcast with your hosts, Justin Goddard and Andrew Chang. Bills Mafia, welcome into another episode of the Wandering Buffalo Podcast. My name is Justin, and I will be your host tonight. And before we get started, everybody just take a deep breath and let it out. (sighs) Stressful game. Uh, Definitely not the way the game was supposed to go, how we thought it was going to go. But the Bills do come away with a win. Um, Just a ton to get into in this game. I'm going to have, I I guess, a little bit of a different format to the show tonight. Um, I'm recording this immediately after the game, and just a lot I want to talk about. Um, So before we get started, I do want to say this episode is brought to you by 26 Shirts. Um, If you haven't done so already, check them out. Tons of cool t-shirt designs, um, doing great work in the community. Um, So you get some sweet Bill's Mafia gear. Um, You're also helping out the community. Um, So check out 26 shirts. Bills beat the Miami Dolphins 34 to 31. And this game to me was kind of, it was difficult to watch at times. It was kind of, um, I guess, reminiscent of some of the, some of the games that we saw throughout this season. Uh, A lot of the stuff that we've talked about throughout the year. Um, You know, we talked a lot about, you know, mistakes that were being made and, you know, the team being good enough to overcome um, some of the self-inflicted wounds that we were, you know, having on ourselves. And, you know, a a lot of people were operating under the thought that, you know, we get to the playoffs, you know, it's just different football. You you get to this next level, that stuff's not going to exist. And we saw it on full display today, um, just self-inflicted wounds keeping the Dolphins in this game and honestly giving them a chance to win this game kind of right up until the end. Uh, To me, this was like watching two different games. The Bills came out of the gates, you know, guns blaring, defense buzzing, you know, the offense just moving without hesitation. You know, you jump off to a a 17-point lead and – You know, the Dolphins are getting their field goals here and there. You know, all of a sudden you have just mistakes that you've made that were kind of unforced errors that allow the Dolphins to tie this up right before halftime. Um, Now, the Bills do end up getting one more possession, you know, pull a field goal um, to give them the lead going into half. Um, But this team was straight dominating out of the gate, and then we saw... You know, a Josh Allen interception um, that gives Miami the ball back and gives them a chance to put points on the board. Um, now, going going into the halftime, um, maybe this is a whole nother subject for another day, but I, I like to really try to take my Bills fan bias out of things when I'm watching games. You can't convince me that that Stefan Diggs catch uh, before half for a touchdown wasn't a catch, and... If that's not a catch, I don't know. Like, I think the NFL needs to go back to the drawing board this offseason and, and really figure out 
uh, a better way to define a catch. To to me, that's you know he gets both feet down and bounce. He has the ball, you know, fully possessed. It's moving, whatever. It's it's in his possession, and he gets both feet down. Uh, like I said, a whole nother topic topic for another day. Um, but to me, that the easy eyeball test of that being a catch and a touchdown. Um, and I'm not even saying this for just the Bills. I'm saying this for the NFL in general. Something you might want to clean up because it's taken away from the sport. Um, like I said, unforced errors. We had uh, another Josh, in, Josh Allen interception. Um, the second one I, I don't put on him. Uh, there's, you know, some some grabbing of Cole Beasley at the point of attack. Um, you know, whether it's pass interference or not, we'll leave that up to debate. Um, but Beasley's trying to come back to the ball. He's kind of getting grappled with a little bit and the ball does end up bouncing off his chest and, and go to the defender. Um, now was that the best decision with the football? Eh, Probably not. Um, but we see Josh Allen put those balls into the tight windows all the time. It's, It's part of, you know, what he does great. Um, this one ends up, you know, kind of bouncing the wrong way. Um, but then we also see the strip sack that the Dolphins, you know, scoop and score on. Um, we see, you know, one that we were really fortunate on uh, with the punt. Naheem Hines, you know, muffs the punt and we end up covering it. That could have been another huge swing. Uh, we also have Josh Allen getting strip sacked in the pocket and, I believe it was Spencer Brown that was able to cover it up. Um, But another turnover opportunity play that we're putting out there for the Dolphins. And in in this game, to me, I got to give a little nod to Ken Dorsey here and what was happening out there. Um, I think there was a lot of times in this game where... No, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be aggressive with a lead. Um, You see what happened to the Chargers two nights ago, Um, you know, kind of taking the foot off the gas and allowing teams to stay in it, and that's how you lose games. But also to that point, you know, I remember saying early in this game, uh, talking to my brothers, you know, the shot plays are fun when they work, um, but realistically in a football game you get like, five decent opportunities at those a game you might come away with two of them you know on on a good day for you know an above average team it's just not uh it's not a high efficiency play in the nfl and we took so many shots this game and it's not like the offense you know wasn't able to move the ball any other way um you know early in the first quarter we were kind of doing the dink and dunk with digs you know, he had seven catches, 114 yards, something like that in the first half. Most of it was done in the first quarter. And then he kind of disappeared. And we start seeing all these shot plays. You know, at, at the time in the first half, our running backs collectively were averaging about five yards a carry. Uh, James Cook averaging, he was averaging about six, and Singletary was at four something. And, you know, just not getting the touches. And in a game where you're up pretty big early and it kind of looks like you can pass at will, 
lean into the running game a little bit and make sure that passing game stays open. Um, like I said, you, you get like five decent shots at a shot play in the NFL. And dude, we had to have taken like 15 of them in this game. Um, there was the, the possession where we get the ball. Um, there's like two consecutive shot plays, both end up being incompletion. And then on the third play, it ends up being, you know, when you watch it from the back angle, you see the lane that Josh Allen sees and he tries to take off running, ends up getting sacked. Don't really have a ton of issue with that. It's a play that we see from Allen all the time. But when I'm looking at that replay and it looks like another play where there's just lots of deep routes called on that play and it's kind of like going all in on every play. There's no like underneath running back drag routes, anything to get, you know, some medium yardage. Um, so it ends up being you take like 12 seconds off the clock and give the ball right back to Miami. Um, you put Buffalo's defense right back out there. And that is something that I will give my tip of the cap to today. And I'm going to switch the script here a little bit. I don't want you to think I'm going to be, you know, all negative this whole show. We did come away with a playoff win. That's that's great. You know, all, all the uh, old adages, it's hard to win in the NFL. Um, I do think the defense had a great game, and I, I think the offense had gr- some great moments too. Um, just... Just think that we put a lot in front of ourselves to have to overcome in this game um, that we really could have avoided. Um, as far as the defense goes, I mean, I thought overall they we had a pretty solid day on defense. You know, granted, they're playing a third-string quarterback, um, but the running game, you held Jeff Wilson to 10 carries for 23 yards. Um, Jalen Waddell had one for eight, Tyreek Hill two for five in the passing game, Tyreek Hill, somebody that we've, you know, had our struggles with in the past, um, seven catches for 70 yards. And then the next leading receiver is Selvin Ahmed. And he had three catches for 45 yards. Um, really able to limit Jalen Waddell, um, three catches for 44 yards. Um, obviously he had a pretty monstrous drop early in the game um, that would have padded those stats a little bit. Um, But when we look at the 31 points that Miami scored, they had 18 of those points off of turnovers. Um, We had a scoop and score off of the Josh Allen strip sack. Um, So all of a sudden, you know, 25 of the 31 points were, you know, kind of putting the uh, defense in a bad spot. And this was another game where, there was at least two times where the offense turned over the ball and the defense kind of holds firm and, you know, forces three plays and then a field goal and don't really give up any ground, but they're already in field goal range. Um, and one of them was the uh, the punt return that they, you know, take back deep into our territory. Um, so I thought overall, you know, the score is really deceiving. Um, I thought our defense had a great day and, you know, on the same token, I, I think our offense statistically had a very good game, um, just sprinkled in with some, uh, really (laughs) inopportunity, uh, mistakes and turnovers. One more thing I want to touch on before we get to the break. 
Um, when we come back, we'll kind of get into some of the nuts and bolts, stats of the game and whatnot. Um, but this was a really weird game to me, officiating-wise. And I'm not, I'm not even getting into um, calls and no calls and whatnot. I can't remember another game where there was so many instances of plays that should have been blown dead that kind of were allowed to continue and it happened on I think three separate um, timeouts um, and they were in like short sequence um, there was one that Shaq Lawson was going unabated to uh, Skylar Thompson um, that they just didn't blow dead fortunately Shaq Lawson pulls up but I mean he could have absolutely crushed Skylar Thompson and then because you let the play happen that shouldn't have happened like are, are we talking about that is now a penalty on Shaq Lawson because he didn't pull up um, there was the delay of game towards the end um, towards the end of the game it was a fourth and one Miami's going for it and the, I know they say like you know when we when we see the zero on the screen at home, you know they look at the camera in the end zone, then they look back to the ball to see if it's moving. That was at zero for a hot couple seconds, um, and they allow that play to happen. The Bills, you know, stuff them for about a five yard loss, but then they call it a no play, and Miami gets a chance at the fourth and six. Now. It ends up being a non-factor because the Bills stopped them anyways. Um, Kyler, um, Kyrie Elam with great coverage on the fourth and six. But, I mean, you're talking a situation where, you know, Miami kind of showed what their play was there and the Bills were ready for it. And then Miami gets a chance to see what our defense is doing and adjusting. And you, you kind of let the play happen that shouldn't have happened. And... Like I said, there was three or four other instances where I just can't remember a time where I've seen so many plays in one game where it should have been blown dead, no play. And, you know, they even get aggressive with the whistle. They just kind of keep going till everybody stops. And just thought it was really freaking strange that this kept happening in this game. I don't have another explanation for it. I don't know what was happening there. I know it's not me seeing things because I've watched a lot of football and I've never seen this before. I will say that I would be fine with not having this officiating crew again in any of our playoff matches. Um, so that's going to do it on this side. Um, stick around when I come back. We're going to break down some of the stats of the game, our player of the game, our tablet player of the game. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Bill's Vader. Now back to the show. Welcome back in, and thank you again for joining me on today's episode of the Wandering Buffalo podcast. We're going to get back into it and kind of get into our position groups, what we thought of them this game. And today I want to start with um, the offensive line kind of get into the offensive line and defensive line at the same time. Um, I thought our offensive line really struggled today, and I'm not going to pretend like, you know, Miami doesn't have a, a good defensive front. Um, you know, there's there's some question marks on this Miami team. 
Um, a lot of it revolving around, you know, a third-string quarterback. Um, some of the secondary being banged up this year. Uh, that front four uh, defensive line unit they have, um, guys like Christian Wilkins, uh, Jalen Phillips, Melvin Ingram. Uh, there's a couple of others in there. It's a good group up there. Um, but I thought the offensive line really struggled today. And we're looking at a game where Josh Allen was sacked seven times for 36 yards. Um, the running game, I feel like there were some lanes open, but I feel like these averages for our running backs were also kind of bolstered up by a couple longer carries. There was a lot of them that were, you know, dealing with contact right at the point, right at the point of attack, right at the line of scrimmage. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was kind of a weird day for the offensive line. Um, saw a couple of plays where there was just free rushers up the middle and, you know, Miami, like I said, has a good, um, front, but this, this offense is predicated on the passing game and Josh Allen. And I know he presents some, some challenges that other quarterbacks don't present when he's in the pocket. Right. Um, he's got a pretty slow, you know, snap to throw release on the ball and that's you know part of what makes him great is being able to stand in there and move around in the pocket and wait for plays to develop wait for people to shake free it also makes it difficult to um, block for him because you see a lot of these quarterbacks um, you know west coast offense style getting the ball out in like two and a half seconds and there's plays where josh has it for you know five six seconds back there really <laughs> really trying to find something um so I, I think it's a little bit of a give and take on some of those sacks. I don't put all of them on the offensive line. It's hard enough to to block these defensive studs for, you know, two, three seconds, let alone when you're doubling it. Um, but definitely not the best game that we've seen from them. Uh, overall, Josh Allen ends up 23 of 39, 352 yards. Uh, we had the two touch, uh, two interceptions. Um, we've already kind of touched on uh, also three touchdowns. I'm calling it four because that one to Diggs was a touchdown. But hey, here we are. Uh, and that the first interception from Josh, you know, they end up taking it back. Um, decent amount of yardage. That one, I I can't not put that one on Josh. That, that one was on him. Um, but also watching the replay on that, um, he's got, you know, players at his ankles on that one. He's under pressure and you can see him kind of, you know, stop the throwing motion right here. Um, not able to step through it. And, and you see it, you know, the ball kind of just hangs up there. It doesn't have the arc coming back down and doesn't get the yardage that it needed. Um, I think Romo said something on, on the play by play of, you know, putting that on John Brown, you, you know, only take these shots to digs. Um, I, I don't think that is really a situation where if it was Diggs running the route, he would have been getting there either. Um, who knows? Um, but that one looked more to me like, you know, kind of an irresponsible throw under pressure. But even at that, you know, I, I, I don't, it's hard for me because he kind of, he has his guy, he has him one-on-one, -on -one. you know, it's a speed guy. And if he doesn't get hit, maybe it's a touchdown. I don't know. Um, ends up being a bad play, but 
you know, the the turnovers aside, um, pretty good numbers day for Josh Allen. Some untimely mistakes that end up costing the Bills. Um, able to pull it out in the end. Um, moving into the receivers, absolutely love to see this from Gabe Davis. You know, I've been down on Davis for a few weeks, but he showed up. He showed up in the playoffs, and he did all of the things that I've been looking for him to do. He did in this game. Um, he made tough catches. Um, the The touchdown that he got is, you know, the quintessential Gabe Davis ball above his head, getting the toes down. I think he even got, you know, the third foot in on that touchdown. Um, just some of the stuff that we haven't been seeing from him recently. He ends up with six catches, 113 yards. Uh, Diggs, seven catches, 114 yards. Um, down there, Khalil Shakir. I was glad to see him get some action in this game. Three catches for 51 yards. Really wish he would have pulled in that that one-shot play to him. Uh, kind of bobbles it around as he's going to the ground. Would have been a great catch. And you know, would have been just an absolutely great day for for the rookie getting some more opportunities. Um, Cole Beasley gets involved, two catches, 35 yards. Um, and the touchdown, obviously, Dawson Knox, three catches, 20 yards, and a touchdown. And then Quentin Morris and Naheem Hines both get uh, one catch. And what I want to talk about here is kind of the digs um, play in this game. And I kind of mentioned this a little earlier of – the Bills came out guns blazing, you know, taking shots, really targeting digs early and often. And, you know, I know there's adjustments that go on throughout the game, uh, but Diggs did pretty much all his work exclusively in the first half and a lot of it in the first quarter. And I, I'm sitting here looking at, you know, he's already got seven catches, 114. Like this dude's about to have a career day. And then just kind of disappears and... You know, I think part of part of that is Miami making adjustments to limit digs and you know making Davis more available and helps Davis step up step up and have a big day. Uh, helps Shakir get some opportunities. Um, but to me, you know, even if they're bracketing him and really focusing on taking him out of the game, Diggs is that type of player for this team you know, the emotional leader, he gets people hype. You got to find ways to get him the ball and do a wide receiver screen, do some quick slants, do I call a jet sweep for all I care. I maybe not a jet sweep. <laughs> he's not, he's not the, uh, really yards after catch kind of guy. Um, but do, do run plays to get him involved. My the first thing that comes to mind for me is wide receiver screen. We used to see it run all the time with John Brown, the little tunnel screen. Give me that to Diggs to just manufacture a touch and let him try to create something after that. Um, love seeing how involved he was early. Um, would have liked to see it sprinkled in a little bit more throughout the game, um, and just kind of. Spread it out, get him up to like, you know, 10 catches, 130 or something like that. Um, really keep him involved with the game. Um, touch on special teams quick. Tyler Bass, you know, perfect today. Um, the the big thing 
Well, I guess Tyler Bass wasn't perfect. He did have the, the uh, kick out of bounds. We've seen that a few times from him this year. Um, before that kick, he he did have the ball fall off the tee. So I, I almost wonder if the ball was kind of blown off the tee again right as he was kicking it. I don't know. I, I've watched the replay. It's kind of hard to tell there. Um, but we did have that special team snafu. And then obviously the um, Heinz fumble. Um Tough catch for him to make, and I'm I'm not gonna dwell on this for too long. The Bills end up, you know, getting getting the ball back there. Um just an opportunity for a play that really could have cost us in the end. Um so glad to see that that didn't end up going back to Miami there. Um overall, touching on the defense, like I said, I I thought the defense had a pretty good game and Look, they they played well enough to have us competitive against most teams left in the playoffs. Um, I I think today was kind of a lot of offensive output that still at the same time put the defense in bad spots. Um, But Milano leading the way with 10 tackles. Um, He also had two sacks. Uh, Boogie Basham getting in there with a sack. Ed Oliver got... uh, a real key sack. Dean Marlowe coming away with an interception. Um, Kyrie Elam with a huge interception to just about seal this game up. Um, the last play the Miami Dolphins take. Um, he's in the co- in coverage there and making a great play on the ball. Um, he did come up a little hobbled on that play, so hopefully that's not something that can carry over into next week. Uh, because I thought he made um, some some clutch plays um, at opportune times. Uh, the defensive front, I thought, had a, a pretty good game. Uh, another game where, you know, this is the time of the year that we wanted Von Miller to help us finish out games. And, boy, were there a couple times today where I'm like, damn, like a Von strip sack would be pretty sweet right now, you know, really give the, give the offense the ball back for, you know, one of their mistakes, get, get it back to them. Um, but I, I think the defensive line continues to play well in his absence and, you know, four sacks on the day, two of them coming from Milano on the blitz. Um, I don't think is really indicative of how much pressure they got on Skylar Thompson, I think the Dolphins had a pretty concise game plan to to be getting the ball out of his hands quickly. And kudos to Leslie Frazier. I think, you know, he knew that game plan going in. And uh, for the Bills being a team that we don't see blitz a lot, we saw an awful lot of blitzes today, um, you know, trying to confuse the young quarterback, give him different looks, players coming from different spots. And you know, that's, that's the quarterback you want to take your chances on. Um, have him panic a little bit and not immediately replace the blitz with the ball. Um, so I, I thought it was a, a good game plan going in for Leslie Frazier. Um, Shaq Lawson continue to love his play. He, he doesn't really show up on the stat sheets a ton always. Um, but he, he just does a, a great job of containing the pocket that kind of edge collapse um, pressure kind of shrinking down the pocket, putting the pressure on the quarterback that way. 
I thought he had a great game. And then um, Trey White, I thought, had a pretty good game today. He was flagged for a holding, um, but the he did get beat on a play, the play to Waddle early in the game that Waddle dropped. Um, as the game went on, there was another um, shot to Waddle that um, Trey White sticky in coverage. The ball was a little bit underthrown, uh, but Trey White gets in there, and you know that Waddle has that catch. He's got it in his hands, and um, Trey's able to rake it out. So another week where we're kind of seeing Trey White getting back to form, and I think that bodes well um, going on in the playoffs. Um, some missed tackles out there, but that seems to be pretty, pretty commonplace, um, for this team. And as, as we advance into the playoffs, I guess kind of where I stand with the bills right now is I, I still have, um, still have great optimism. I still think that this is a team that can win it all. Um, but the team that I saw start the game today, uh, versus what we saw through the end of the game I kind of got to a point where I was feeling like the Bills kind of played to their competition. And, you know, these mistakes exist against the bad teams. And how many times this season have we seen, you know, close games with bad teams that we just kind of let stick around? And we don't really see that sloppy kind of football when we're playing the better teams. And to me... To me, after kind of like the first quarter, quarter and a half, the Bills were looking real relaxed on the sidelines. They they looked like they were expecting to win, and Miami was out there looking like they wanted to win. Um, and Miami wasn't really doing it in any you know real decisive way. One way they kind of took over the game, they just kept chugging along and and waiting for an error and then capitalizing um i'll tell you what that that worked this week against miami if you you know end up seeing the Bengals in the next round you see the chiefs jaguars there's not really many teams you can get away with you know having three turnovers um against and even at that you know a game where you had uh, three turnovers, you also had your defense give you the ball back twice on interceptions. Um, they kind of bailed you out and got you a couple extra possessions. Uh, turnovers from your defense aren't something that you can guarantee every week. Um, so, I mean, if if this is a game where the Bills turn it over three times and the defense doesn't get it back twice, I don't think we come away with this win. And that's stuff that's going to need to be cleaned up going forward in the playoffs or this team is not going to win the Super Bowl. Um it's something that we've talked about a lot throughout the season and my concern at this point is that we've just been talking about it but it hasn't changed and I'll say for myself personally I had you know kind of a belief that you know McDermott's going to get him right for the playoffs. There's a different level of focus going into the playoffs. We're not going to see this shit in the playoffs. Um we saw it today, so that needs to get cleaned up, and it needs to get cleaned up quick, or it's going to be a tough episode next week, so hopefully they get that right. My Ken Dorsey 
Tablet Player Award this week is going to go to Mr. Ken Dorsey himself. Uh, I know it's kind of a player award, but we're loose with our interpretation. And to me, this goes back to what I was talking about early in the episode. Just a ton of shot plays and deep routes called. And I know we're playing Miami and they have a banged up secondary. It's kind of the weak spot of their defense. That's fine. You can attack the secondary without every route being 20 yards down the field. You don't need to take 15 shots a game. Um, Get the run game going. If you're going to be throwing it that much, keep that pass rush um, honest. Throw a screen or two into there um, once in a while. I mean, I'll have to look at the numbers again. I don't believe there was a a single target to a running back in this game. which to me, you know, if you're if you're going to have these shot plays dialed up, you you have to have the running back in the backfield kind of check and release and kind of set down in the middle portion of the defense where you know everybody just cleared out because you're going deep. Um, just thought there's too many instances where we're taking these shot plays. Um, I think we found success on the ground recently. I would have liked to see. A little bit more of the ground game involved. Uh, You're talking 22 carries combined between um, Cook and Singletary, and you know a a lot of those come on you know the last couple drives as they're trying to you know finally milk some clock away. Um, So I, I I would really like to see the run game incorporated in throughout the game plan and not just be you know this thing we use once in a while. And then, you know, when the game's pretty in hand, we're going to run it to, to bleed out the clock. Uh, you can't rely on Josh Allen to do everything for you every week. Uh, gets it done today. And, you know, his three touchdowns outweigh his two interceptions. Um, Got to have some built-in, you know, easy throws underneath stuff when you're when you're calling that many shot plays. The Wandering Buffalo player of the game today is my guy, Kyrie Kyrie Elam. Uh, In there on limited reps today, you know, he was kind of subbing in and out with Dane Jackson here and there. Um, But he made the most of the opportunities he had. Um, Like I mentioned, he had the interception, um, the huge pass breakup at the end of the game. And uh, I believe there's another pass breakup in there. But he continues to impress me even though he's not getting the full-time starting reps um, at, at this point, I'm kind of accepting that they're going to platoon him and Dane Jackson. Um, we'll see what happens there. Uh, but I guess had two, two huge plays in this game that um, Kyrie Elam had um, that really kind of sealed the win for the bills. Tons of players that could be honorable mentions here. Um, talking 114 yards for Diggs. 113 for Davis, Josh Allen throwing for 352, three touchdowns, uh, you know, Milano, two sacks. There's there's players all over in this game that were making plays that contributed to the win. Um, but when all the chips were pushed to the middle of the table, Kyrie Elam came away with two gigantic plays um, to really seal this one up. Uh, so the Bills will be playing football again next week. Like I said, I'm recording this right after the Bills have played, so don't know who will be playing next, where we'll be playing. 
um, anything like that. Do know that they will be playing next week, though. Um, what we don't know, somebody might be playing. Um, some big news out of the out of one Bills drive this week: Micah Hyde and Jamison Crowder both being um, designated to return to practice. Whether or not they're going to be playing any upcoming games still remains to be seen. What a boost that would be to get those two guys back for for this playoff run here. Who knows what kind of football shape they're going to be in. They, they've both missed about three, four months here. Um, so who knows what they would look like. Who knows what they look like in practice if they're actually able to come back this year. But trying to win three more games to bring home the trophy. Uh, pairing, <laughs> pairing Poyer and Hyde up uh, for that stretch run. Looking at teams like the Bengals and the Chiefs coming down the pipeline here. Even the Jaguars with some of their weapons. Uh, I, I don't hate that idea, so we'll see what happens there. Hopefully, probably, I'd assume by Wednesday or so, we'll get an update on that. Um, but hey, we'll see what happens. That's going to wrap it up for today's episode. If you've made it this far, please do me a giant favor. Like, share, subscribe, drop a comment, tell a friend, do all the social media things. Um, helps out the show immensely, helps people you know, get a hold of this episode and, you know, that's why we do it. So I uh, thank you for, again, for joining me and we will see you next Monday, hopefully celebrating another victory Monday. Go Bills. <laughs>